Hello, welcome to the Charmed Studio podcast. My name is Thea Fiore Bloom, and I'm an artist and I'm a journalist. And I founded the Charm Studio about five years ago to help our heart centered artists like you guys, like myself, um, to write better, to feel better, to sell better by being ourselves. Today, I want to talk to you about how do I make my art business successful. I have six freeing and really fabulous business tips for artists, courtesy of one of my heroines, Georgia O'Keeffe. Now, of course, there's hundreds of ways to make your art business successful, and but I'm picking out just six today based on the research I did during my dissertation. Um, I worked on and in the archives of a couple of different artists and one of the most fascinating things I kept bumping into that had nothing to do with my dissertation when it came to this George O'Keefe was how incredibly smart and business savvy she was and that that business savvy didn't come from some kind of slimy commercial aspect but from this incredible authenticity and that her business decisions were really made out of a solid sense of self-esteem and a really pure drive to just follow her own heart and honor her own intelligence and genius. And I think that that's something that we as artists can especially, you know, use a booster of in this time. Um, so let me start with something that happened on a rainy winter day in 2014. A gavel smacked down sharply to close lot number 11 at Sotheby's Auction House in New York City. And that was the day and that was the time that George O'Keefe's painting Jimson Weed, otherwise known as White Flower Number 1, had just sold for $44.4 million. So that amount paid shattered all previous records for a woman's work of art. And that record still has not been shattered, which is kind of, anyway, I, it's, it's problematic that it hasn't skyrocketed up the no, amount of money a woman artist has gotten since 2014, but it hasn't. And I asked one of George O'Keefe's best biographers, Roxana Robinson, author of George O'Keefe, A Life, I said to her, well, Roxana, why that price then? And Roxana said to me, Thea, the real reason, the real question that you want to ask is, and that all artists need to ask themselves is, why hadn't this happened before then? So that was a really humbling thought. So Roxana said to me that aside from being one of the most important American artists of the 20th century, O'Keefe is one of the five most important women in American history, according to women polled in the United States every year. So why is she so important? Well, I think that she had this incredible uh, ability to navigate the chaotic waters of the art world on her own in her later life and originally with Stieglitz and with this other amazing art dealer uh, who I'll speak about in a minute because her North Star was her unwavering dedication to her own artistic vision and her physical connection, really a physical visceral connection 
to her own art and her belief in her own work and her own genius and her own crazy ideas. You know, now it's normal to see these enlarged flower paintings and her abstractions are seen as so normal, but she was really a very daring abstract expressionist in her, abstractionist in her time. So her integrity and her respect for her own work and her own art organically led to what we see today as these incredible business decisions. So she had tremendous museum savvy and her agent Doris Bry was just brainiac genius agent that people don't I don't, they know about Stieglitz and how he helped her with her art, but most people don't talk about Doris Bry in New York City and how amazing she was for for O'Keeffe's progress as an artist. But if you want to read more about the museum savvy and that she had and what she did and how she bought back her own work and how she never sold her work to people that flipped her paintings for more money and all these other strategies, you can I'll leave a link in the show notes to the blog itself and you can dive into that. The uh, but I want to get right into the meat, the exciting bit, which is the six best business tips for artists from the life of George O'Keefe. And the first tip is this, believe more in your own work as an artist. So Roxanne Robinson once said to me that she said, if I had advice for artists based on O'Keefe's life, it's this, increase your awareness of the value of your own work. Stay connected to the ideas that are most valuable to you. End quote. And I think it's so important, especially like, let's say you have work that's very spiritual. A lot of women um, are making incredible work that explores spirituality and they feel that it doesn't have any pain point or selling propositions or all that kind of stuff. And I think it's wrong to not give spiritual artwork incredible value uh, because people need spiritual artwork. They need that um sanity that sanctity and to i've had personal pieces i've owned that really have helped me get through harder times in my life and if i could thank the artist i would you know for taking a chance and making this painting which communicates something ephemeral and and essential to me on a daily basis so i you have to know the value of your work to be able to communicate that to other people so i want you guys that are doing work that's spiritual based to get way more confident about it okay um artist coach and a subscriber wonderful a woman named dr mary edwards all who's an o'keefe scholar said to me that o'keefe was such a role model in showing us that believing in yourself is the most important thing an artist can do and she also showed us that it's not a simple task that it's a constant challenge you know because it's true o'keefe worked through fear she worked through tremendous self-doubt she worked through tremendous problematic marriages um, physical issues like everybody else and that if you're an artist today especially if you're an emerging artist it's essential to find your singular voice and give yourself the time it takes to do that even if you're 50s and you're starting out right now to give yourself time to find your singular voice it's just the quest is the quest enjoy the process as you go and to value your work all along the way in different stages so you'll always have doubts okay you're always going to have fears you're always going to have challenges but as mary edwards says you just have to keep doing the work and eventually you'll take yourself and your art seriously end quote so the way to succeed in any endeavor is to spend time in it you know the more time you spend on something the more chance you'll succeed at it and it's not the more time you spend at marketing uh, that you'll succeed in the arts, in my opinion. And it's the more time you devote to the craft itself and to the deep work it takes to understand the value of your own contribution 
to this world in the form of your creativity. Okay, O'Keefe's business tip number two, market your art. But if you are going to market your art, do it selectively. Market your art where it will be celebrated, not where it's going to be tolerated. And um, Roxana Robinson was telling me, if you're going to be focusing on marketing and throwing your ideas out to everyone in the world, it's going to fall on a lot of stony soil. She said, but if you stay focused on the work that you think is most important for you and you stay connected to the people who are in that same part of the artistic world as you and that believe in the same quirky, wild things that you do, you know, that that's going to be your strongest means of connecting. And that if you bring your work to the places that you yourself feel a deep connection to and that you yourself think are um, places of value, then that's where you'll be most valued. And O'Keefe's focus was on staying connected to her mission. And she connected with somebody who was interested in that same mission and that same field of work and ideas. So by that, Robinson means that, you know, O'Keefe wasn't uh, uh, just, Stieglitz wasn't just O'Keefe's husband. He was a really daring um, modernist in his own right who had an incredible circle um, in his gallery of strand and all these other great photographers and painters who had the same ethics and daring that he did and she did and she didn't align herself with Stieglitz because he was Hugh Hefner you know what I mean (laughs) she aligned herself with Stieglitz because he had the same views on modernism that she did and so I want you guys especially younger artists out there to do the same is like value and honor yourself as younger uh, if you can and align yourself with people who you want to be in a salon with like Gertrude Stein's salon you know the idea that these people you want to hang out with intellectually emotionally and share ideas with um that's like what Monet did and uh, all his friends at the Cafe Gerbois in Paris and they all egged each other on and inspired each other to be daring and in, in the impressionist movement so, you know, you need backup. So also the third, that brings us to the third tip, which is to protect your sensitive side. O'Keefe developed this amazing skill of relying on her own judgment to assess her art's quality and efficacy. Imagine that. Imagine relying on your own judgment solely to assess your art's quality and its efficacy, to really believe in yourself, believe in your soul, believe in your ability to discern what's wonderful, what's not so wonderful, and not take it so seriously. And so to do this, she needed to concentrate on listening deeply to herself. Can you listen deeply to yourself about your art? Can you wisely decide to take people's praise and people's condemnation of your work and just make it a background noise? So can you throw out the praise? Can you throw out the blame sometimes and just not get carried away with either one and just quietly keep working and loving yourself? As O'Keefe, one of my favorite quotes, she put it, she said, I've already settled it for myself so that both flattery and criticism go down the same drain and then I'm quite free. It's just such a Zen cool thing, I think. So this was an amazing feat considering the incredibly sexist and personal criticism she received around her work in throughout her whole life. Um, and Coach Mary Edwards was telling me that she believes that any good artist is good because they are sensitive to the world, right? So you don't want to get desensitized or insensitive, but 
And you don't want to never have any feedback, but you can protect yourself from people who don't have any right to criticize you, let alone attack your work, and by not necessarily spending as much time online, by not necessarily spending as much time on Instagram or Facebook, um, or by shutting off the the comments section on on your website, for example, or... um, um, blogs. So you consider taking a social media fast. I'll put a link in the show notes to my article, Bye Bye Facebook, about understanding how many artists have succeeded without social media. I am on a permanent social media fast, I think. That's what happened. I tried social media for two days and never came back. Uh, but you might not be as crazy as me and wild as me in that regard. And you might enjoy some aspects of social media. So stay on it and um, create community meaningful community with it, but remember to take breaks from it because, uh, as Benjamin Franklin said, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy, and you really want to let go of comparison sometimes. Take a holiday from it. Which brings us to O'Keefe's business tip number four, which is when you're refreshed and you're all ready and you want to build great community, that when you build meaningful community with people who aren't trolling you or criticizing you too harshly. And I'm going to leave two blog posts and two podcasts in the show notes about the difference between harsh criticism and constructive criticism and what to do after you've had a hard, harsh critique and a, a podcast on what to do if you've been trolled. So that'll help you hopefully good backup if you're feeling hurt by some idiot. (laughs) I've been there and I want to make sure I have your back uh, with posts and podcasts and you can look for those in the show notes. But so the um, one wild way to get into a gallery is through building community as opposed to trying to make contacts with up and up and higher people. I love it that Martha Martha Otero, who is a colleague of mine, um, what she says is that she's a former gallerist and an artist agent now. But she says that having a community is far and away the best way to succeed now in the art world, that relationships between artists are important. And Martha said that she's often exhibited artists at her own gallery that were referred to her by other artists she'd already had relationships with. And so what she's telling you, this gallerist and this agent and this person that's really high up in the art echelon is telling you not to try and pander to her and please her, but you'd be better off creating a strong circle amongst yourself of artists. And I I think that's wonderful. And so Marta was telling me that blind solicitation just doesn't work well right now and that she often sees really smart artists who are generous and actually support each other and help each other get into different galleries by sharing contacts and sharing community um, instead of just spray and pray and sending a million, uh, you know, um, tries out to galleries via the internet. And that's a really lose-lose situation because the gallery is not the right gallery for you. And the gallery certainly knows that you're not the right artist for them. So you'd be better off creating community amongst yourself. And one way to do that is to send snail mail thank you notes, to send beautiful email thank you notes. I use Jackie Lawson. Uh, that's an, it's an unsolicited testimonial. I'm not getting any commission or anything. I just love the animations on there, and they're really beautiful. People respond to them because they're well done. Um, And it just shocks the heck out of people. And they remember you when you send thank you notes. And wouldn't you like to be thanked for some of the times you've gone above and beyond for other people? So the 
thing is also consider taking other artists out to lunch. That's also a wonderful idea. Uh, and always ask the people for advice who are further down the road than you are and see what these women's wisdom is about how they did what they did. Take them to lunch. Uh, so uh, the fifth business tip is be cruel to be kind. So instead of being kind, on um, the last tip we're talking about compassion and community. This is about cruelty, <laughs> but it's it's kind of a, a form of cruelty in, a, in, qu in quotes to oneself. And it's not that and this is about being throwing out one's art if necessary. It's not that uh, George O'Keefe never made any so-so art because she did, but she won't see any of it. You know why? Because she threw it out. Uh, O'Keefe was super strict with herself uh, where her artwork was concerned, and she had a definite view of what was acceptable, what was not acceptable. And Roxanne Robinson was telling me these great stories about that she, there were pieces she threw out or even had the audacity to take back from other people that she had given a gift to and throw it out because it was just, a, in her eyes, it was way back in her evolution as an artist and it was terrible and she wanted to get rid of it. So, um, you know, there were pieces of her art that had been found in the Abiquiu dump, but they're few and far between because that's where her house in the desert in New Mexico is. And I'm going to leave a link in the show notes if you want to go visit that. It's just so inspiring. There are stories of people that found giant canvases of hers uh, in the dump itself, but not many because she started burning her canvases. And as, you know, Marta Otero was telling me, you know, that artists could just do with a lot more editing and that if you keep sub -per, subpar work around, it really can affect how you're perceived. More often, it really affects how much you're paid. Uh, that Otero, the uh, she's the gallerist and agent was saying, when I go into an artist studio who I'm doing a show with, I usually see a body of mostly strong, consistent pieces in older artists, she said. But I find, especially with younger artists, there are usually a lot of work in there that could be better off being thrown away and or have them not show it. That sometimes even great artists like great writers need a good editor. So Martha says, try not to be offended if not everything of yours belongs in a show. And it can feel daunting. It can feel wrong to destroy your subpar work. So you can just edit your website instead if you like, you know, make sure there's not a lot of stuff hanging out online that doesn't represent your evolution as an artist. Like sometimes I'll contact subscribers that people that have subscribed to the Charm Studio because I want to feature a piece of art of theirs and they're not even aware that that piece of art is even online anymore. They did it so long ago. And I think it's great, but they don't. And so for them, you know, so that's something to keep in mind that you want to keep the lineage or the body of your work um, current and to uh, have it fit into whatever parameters of the level that you think you're at right now. But the funny thing is that George O'Keefe didn't stop at culling her art regularly. She also regularly culled people in her life. And that brings us to our last tip, which is this. Don't suffer fools lightly. So O'Keefe was not as much of a recluse as people think. She just chose her friends quite carefully. She was really friendly and she had a, she had a good circle of friends, but there was there were just a a small circle and she declined tons of interviews and tons of social engagements and like if she was alive today I'm sure she would decline every podcast invitation she got because 
social engagements with people that she didn't know, that she didn't respect, or who she inspect, who she suspected might be snarky or invasive, were just not even a consideration. She would never consider doing it. She had a blistering work ethic. Her painting time was precious to her. And so when she wasn't painting, she was listening to music or maybe having a friend or two to dinner. But it was few and far between where she would go out socially to be, she would never do it to be seen because she had more important things to do in the studio. And she didn't squander the time that she was spending outside of her home walking either with other people. She walked for hours each day. And I think that really, really helped her work. A lot of great artists walk every day. So she walked for hours into the hills, but she didn't go with a friend. She went with her two chows and she would just think and edit her work while she was on her walks. I'm sure a lot of you guys do that too. So successful artists spend time only with people who are 100% supportive of their art career, says Lori McNee. I love that. She's the owner of finearttips.com. And let me read that to you again. Successful artists spend time only with people who are 100% supportive of their art career. She went on to tell me that Successful artists limit their time and emotional involvement with people who are negative, especially about art as a career choice. Successful artists do not allow unsupportive people to be an obstacle to their plans for success. So think about that, okay? Um, if you're younger, I get it that you still might be hanging out with people that don't think being an artist is the ultimate, you know, but as you get older, you really start to understand that you really just don't have time to hang out with people who don't understand and appreciate the importance of making a creative contribution to the world. I mean, when I was in my 20s, I remember I hung out with a lot of people who doubted a lot of my choices because they weren't entirely conservative. And now in my 50s, I would never hang out with the same kind of people that doubted that. So keep your circle fresh, alive. Don't be afraid to um, spend more time alone instead of time in company of people who doubt you or are haters or envious in any way. Envy is a really powerful force in the arts and there are a lot of shadow artists that are really unconscious that they are, you know, envious and therefore saying kind of spiky things. So try to be more and more aware of that and leave those people behind and you'll shine more and more and your art business will become and art practice will become more and more successful with all with every person that you let go of that's not 100% supportive of your art. So the one thing I love the the last thing about O'Keefe I want to mention is how she bolstered her own success with this brand of incredible cowgirl kind of grit. And Time magazine says that grit is one of the best predictors of a person's success. So O'Keefe had miles of grit. And then this story from the uh, biography Full Bloom really attests to that. In the spring of 1961, Georgia O'Keeffe hand-delivered a painting to the Edith Halpert Gallery in New York City for her upcoming show. Upon seeing what O'Keeffe had brought, Edith Halpert sighed and she said, oh, Georgia, is that another flower? The artist snapped, no, it's my ass. And I just, I love that. It's just like, there go, instead of like, if Edith Halpert, this majorly powerful gallerist, told you, oh my God, is that another house painting or wing painting or whatever you tend to uh, paint, you know, most of us would cringe and, you know, think about at least 
backing out of the gallery to find something else for her. But, you know, I love how O'Keefe is like, you're not taking this flower is incredible. It probably was another forty four million dollar painting. She's not backing out with it, you know, but she knew the value of her work and she had the grit to be able to mouth off about it. And I think that's such an important protection tool for us. Resilience allowed her for faster recovery time and it and it'll help you do the same and getting grittier will help you get back to the center faster so that you can find your unique vision again and taking that unique vision seriously it's not just good for your art taking your unique vision seriously is really good for your art business and if you increase your own regard for your art and it it will totally improve your art and it'll totally improve your art business. But even if it didn't, let's say it didn't, that increasing the regard for your art didn't improve your art business, you still deserve a big round of applause and a laurel wreath because, and a victory lap. Because as Georgia O'Keeffe said, I'm gonna close with this, whether you succeed or not is irrelevant. There is no such thing. Making your unknown known is the most important thing. Think about that. Whether you succeed or not is irrelevant. There is no such thing as art success, she's saying. That making your unknown known is the important thing. Bringing out that wonder and and unique genius that's inside of you, bringing it out, that's the only important thing. Okay? So I want you guys to remember that your art is always there for you, and that means that you're never alone. Your art is always there for you, okay? So you can rely on it. And I'm, I'm always here for you too. And if you just want to reach out and have a question or a comment, um, let me know. I'm over at www.thecharmstudio.com. You can inquire if I have any openings for writing coaching at www.thecharmstudio.com slash writing coaching for artists. And please just be super nice to yourself this week and keep struggling. If you're going to struggle about anything, it's to struggle to really look deep within and connect to yourself and find the amazing value in your work, even when you doubt it. And to remember, George O'Keefe said, to create one's own world in any of the arts takes courage. So if you're doing this right now, you're a courageous man. You're a courageous woman, you know. Honor your bravery and keep up the fight. Keep the faith and keep up the enjoyment. And I'll see you next week. Thank you.